Welcome to the Sight Beyond Sight podcast, where we look beyond the surface, diving deeper into life's issues. I'm your host, Mike, aka Emperor, or Mike the Emperor. It doesn't matter, either one works, but I think I prefer Mike, aka Emperor. I don't know, it just has a nice little ring to it. Anyway, I've digressed a little bit. As always, thank you for choosing to spend the next 30 minutes of your life with me. I know that you could be doing other things or listening to someone else, but you chose to tune in to Sight Beyond Sight. And for that, I am very thankful. And with that being said, let's get down to business. Now, on the previous uh, episode, let me do that again. Previous. (laughs) On the previous episode, we talked a little bit about how big is too big and how much is too much in that we talked about setting limits and setting boundaries in different areas of your life. And we talked about some of the struggles that a person may have when it comes to setting those boundaries. Why is it difficult to set those boundaries? So I'm pretty excited to tell everyone and to share with you that I had a listener write in to me uh, located in Birmingham, Alabama, which I am tickled because that is where I'm born. That's where I'm from. That's where I was born. Grew up in the Midwest, but the South never leaves you, you know. So I was pretty happy to see Birmingham, Alabama come through. But besides that, I wanted to share this insight with you. And this is what I'm talking about with the show. I have a certain perspective, and I, I, I think I have a, I've been through a lot of things and seen a lot of things. So I have a worldly perspective on things. Uh, uh, not just one-sided, but I am wise enough to understand that there are so many people with some brilliant uh, ideas and brilliant insights. And so this is what I'm talking about. This is why I urge you guys to write in and share your thoughts with me so I can share them with everybody else so we can get another perspective. So I'm going to read to you what this listener had wrote to me, and I want you guys to think about what is being said. We're going to break this down afterwards. So The listener wrote in and said this. I believe one reason why people struggle with knowing how big is too big, how much is too much, is because many have become so accustomed to allowing society to dictate how they should live. Therefore, they abdicate the throne of their personal life through indecision and insecurities. Now, I want you to soak on that a little bit, and we're going to break this down. We're going to break this down. It, it, it's basically two and a half sentences, but it's so powerful. The, the words are so powerful. So let's break down the first sentence. I think that what the, the listener was trying to say was that society is constantly telling us to do more, to want more, to do bigger, or, well, to want bigger, <laughs> and that could be homes, cars, clothes, friends, uh, elite groups, whatever it may be. Society is telling us that we should want more. Uh, we have a desire to be accepted, and when someone um, wants to be accepted, they'll do what it takes to be in that group. So what I'm trying to say is that Sometimes we get blinded by other people 
in their goals, in their limits, in their boundaries. We get blinded by other people that we lose ourselves because we're trying to live by their expectations. So when we live up to their expectations, we never set our own limits because we're busy focusing on them and what they want us to do and where and trying to get to where they want us to be at. So I think that's part of what the first sentence is saying. Now, if we break it down to the last part, the last part was saying that, therefore, we abdicate the throne of our personal life through indecision and insecurities. So what it means to abdicate your throne is it means to renounce your throne, to walk away from your throne, to give it up. When you walk away from your throne, you're giving up your own power to make decisions. You're allowing someone else to have the power of your throne to make those decisions. Now, they don't know you. They don't know what your limits are, and nor do they care most of the time. But then you're going to spend a lot of time trying to meet someone else's expectations, even if it doesn't sit well with you. So that's where the insecurities come from, questioning if you're good enough. So you do what it takes to be accepted because you're questioning who you are. You want to fit in. So you're doing whatever it takes. So if they say, man, if you want to be in our group, you have to drive the latest Mercedes and uh, that car is $90,000. You don't have $90,000, but you do what it takes to fit in, even though it's going to break you. But you know what? It looks good. Even it did, even if you bought it and it didn't make you feel good, you didn't even want it. You just did it. There's going to be some remorse in that. The indecision. It's difficult to make decisive decisions when we have no clear limits due to our insecurities. So this listener wrote in and said some really insightful things. And I'm telling you, I encourage you to think about this. Let's be reflective. Let's take that look in the mirror, which is hard to do. I think it's one of the most difficult things for any human to do is to look in the mirror and take a real look at themselves and say, man, you know what? I need to change this. You know what? This may not be where I want to be, but I need to change this and I need to do whatever it takes to get to where I need to be. That's hard to do because it's easy to blame others. So I encourage everyone to think about this. Look in that mirror, be reflective and ask yourself, Is it time for you to reclaim your throne? Be reflective and see how this applies to your life. With that being said, I appreciate that write-in. Please keep the comments coming in so we can keep this thing going and share it with everyone else. Moving right along. Guess what I was doing, guys? Guess what I was doing? You've guessed it. I was thinking. You know, at night, when all the lights are out, everyone's in bed, I usually sit in the darkness sometimes. Not total darkness, but sometimes just enough that I can see, you know, written words on a piece of paper. Sometimes I just sit there and I think about 
you know, all everything that's happened throughout the day. Or I think about maybe I had a conversation that was unfinished and someone said something that was really thoughtful or insightful, but we didn't get a chance to expand on it. So I, I go home and I use that time to think about it, to think about what I would have really said, to think about how I truly feel about that, to think about all avenues, to think about what was the motive of the conversation, all those things. So while I was thinking, <clears throat> I started thinking about some of the things that are going on within our nation, some of the social issues that are going on. These issues have been going on for, for hundreds of years, but it seems like they're back up in the forefront. So I'm not going to go through everything, but the one thing that I focused on was this. You know, some people talk about racism and, and how to beat it. Oh, we, we can beat racism through education. We can beat racism through, you know, the people that are racist aren't educated enough. But what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? Not educated enough. I met some pretty racist dudes with PhDs. They're very educated. <laughs> you know what I mean? So what do we mean by that? So it made me think about this. So... I don't want you guys to freak out. We're not going to talk about race. I'm taking this somewhere else. I'm focusing on education. So this is more of a statement to ponder. I thought about this and I said, is A plus and 4.0 GPAs good enough anymore? Are they good enough anymore? Is education really the way that we solve every problem, all these major issues? And I thought about this, and my gut said yes in the beginning. But then I thought about the comment I just said. I know a lot of famous, I mean, not famous, but a lot of well-educated people that are saying some pretty uneducated things. So is it just solely education? And so I thought about it and I say, yes, partially. Education is a good foundation. It is a good start. But look at all these issues in the schools that we have to face. You're dealing with trauma. You're dealing with mental health, socioeconomics, in terms of poverty, lack of resources, a disconnect with the community members. You know, for the last four years, I've been telling my colleagues that are therapists and that are principals and that are teachers and educators, I've been telling both parties that there needs to be a fusion between education and psychology in regards to college education. So what I mean by that is this. If you are striving to be a teacher... With the way that the classrooms are built now, the classrooms are, are turning into a therapeutic environment. So you have to be equipped to handle that part of it. You can't just go in your classroom anymore and just pound out academics. You just can't go out there and just power through it and just say test scores, test scores. We want them high. We just want to look good on paper. You cannot do that anymore. 
because you're going to miss out. You're going to miss a a lot of kids doing that. You're going to miss out on a lot of families doing that. So what I mean is that if you are a teacher striving or a student striving to be a teacher in college, all the education that you get in the teacher college, you know what I mean, in quote, in the teacher college, you need to have some psychology infused in that. There has to become a degree where you get a mixture of both because we need it. It can't just be one-sided because we're not teaching one-sided students. What did I just say? We're teaching students that have been through a lot of trauma, that are going through mental health, that may have a dysfunctional family, which, shoot, you look at it, we all have dysfunctional families. Let's just get real with it. You know, there's no one who has a family that's just totally functional. You know, <laughs> we I don't care who you are, rich, poor, whatever. It doesn't matter what race you are. Everybody is a part of some kind of dysfunctional family. So let's just get over that term. But the classrooms are becoming more of a therapeutic environment, and we need educators that are equipped that are equipped to handle that. So yes, education is only part of the solution. It does not solve everything, but it is a great foundation for change. And so I started thinking about this. So if we live by the old standards of stats, 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 A plus, A plus, 40, 40, 100%. If we push that, what are we building? What type of people, what type of students are we grooming? How are they going to look in society when they become 18, 19, 20 years old? So I ask you all this. What good is education without connection? I'll repeat it. What good is education without connection? I'll tell you what it is. Education without connection becomes repetitive nagging. Students ain't trying to hear that. If you have no connection with the students and you're just Talking at them, do better, do better. You can do better. You're not even trying. Why didn't you do this? How come you didn't do that? You need to do it this way. Stand up, sit down. If that's all we're feeding them, they ain't going to hear us. It's just going to be blah, 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 blah. This teacher is just at me all the time. I don't even care. I'm going to just block it out and I'm going to just write on my paper or I'm going to throw this pencil because I can't really throw it at her, so I'm going to throw it at someone else, and it just causes chaos. So we have to be aware that there is a academic and social emotional connection that is needed to help aid education. So I know one thing out of this whole thing is that the solution is not to build robots. We don't want to build robots. 
I mean, this is what a robot looks like. Think about this student right here. This student is always in the books, has gone through elementary school, middle school, high school, valedictorian, 4-0, A plus in everything, just outstanding academically. But since that's all we pushed and we never took the time to get to know or well, to get to know this student on a on an emotional level, we never made this student have real conversations because you know what? This student is okay. You know what? This is a good kid. They'll be all right. We don't need to talk to them because they're good. You see these test scores? Oh, I'm doing a good job. So this kid never learns how to make friends, how to hold a conversation, or how to express their feelings. They're just a closed-up robot that is just just so narrow-minded in their thought process. It's not all their fault. So I was thinking even further. And this is just my theory. This is just something I came up with, guys. I, you know, I sit here, I think, and I, a lot of things come through my head. So you know what? I'm not sitting here saying, oh, this is all bulletproof. You know, I made that disclaimer in, in the first episode. You know, I'm not sitting here saying I know everything. But this is just what I'm thinking about. And that's why I offer you guys to write in and give your perspective to add on to the conversation so we can keep it going. So maybe there's something that was missed and we can help connect those dots. But I was thinking there are three types of education. There's your academics, your life experiences, and your common sense. (laughs) You know, you know me, I, I think about football all the time. I relate everything back to football. So it's kind of like with education, there's three phases of education. There's also three phases of football. There's your offense, your defense, and your special teams. Now, some football teams, they win a few games because they're good at one phase of the game. You know, we we like to call those people, those teams, one-trick ponies, you know. They're just good at one thing, and they're just going to beat you doing that one thing. It's no secret. They just have that philosophy. We're going to just be great at this one thing, and if, if it doesn't work, then that's we're going to die trying. So I think of, like, uh, the Oregon Ducks back in the day when they ran that offense that was super just high-powered. High they're scoring 70 70 plus points a game. These guys were just, they didn't huddle up. They would run about eight plays in 30 seconds. Just run a play, get to the line, hurry up, run another play, run another play, run another. And they just wanted to tire you out. They had no defense. Their special teams was lacking. They just had the philosophy of we're going to score. 70 points and hope that you score 79 or 69 points. I'm sorry. We're going to score 70 and hope that you score 69. That's how we're going to win. To me, that kind of just resembles common sense. You know, it's like, you know what? Common sense says that this is probably not the best philosophy, but you know what? We're going to ride this out and we're going to see if we can sneak in some wins. That's what they did. 
Then you got those teams that are good at two phases. These teams are usually considered threats, but not anything lethal, though. You know what I mean? They can threaten a good team. They can threaten some of the great teams, but they nine times out of ten, they probably won't pull off the victory, but they will make it quite a match. You'll be in a dogfight with them. You know, they can beat almost any team. Or they can give you a good fight, but they probably won't come out on top because they're only good at two things. And for teams like that, I think about like Iowa Hawkeyes. They have traditionally had a great defense. It's just it's just what they do. They have a great defense and they have strong special teams. But their offense has always been their weakest link. You know, we saw it this season, if you followed the college football season. They played good teams and held them to 13, 17 points, and offense couldn't put up the points to to support that. You know, they were in these games, but the offense just couldn't put up enough points for some reason. These teams will compete, and they will go to a good bowl game, and they will more than likely win that bowl game, but they're not a threat to win the national title, though. That's kind of like your school structure, your academics. You know, you don't have to be good at everything, but you have to be good enough to to get on through and, and to pass. But then there are the there are the the elite teams, the teams that are good at all three phases. And I don't know if you guys know where I'm going with this, but that's Alabama. And believe me, there is no bias in that. I mean, it's only my favorite team and <laughs> There's no bias in it, but no, realistically, if you look at it, they have won five national titles in the last 10 years. That's pretty phenomenal. You know, they've been on a, they've been on top for the last 10 years. They've been in contention to win the national title every year for the last 10 years. So there there is a lot to say to that. There's uh, very few teams can match up to them. You know, they have a nice combination of all three. All three phases, special teams, defense, and, and offense, you know. So it makes them really, really tough to beat. They're really consistent. And so they have a good combination of life experiences, common sense, and academic. Now, with the other two, I mean, we're all going to have our life experiences in this, so that's kind of automatic. But I want you to know that you cannot make it on life experiences alone either, though. You have to have some education with that to make it all work. You have to have some knowledge to make that work. You have to have some common sense to avoid some of these traps. You know, an example in football terms of life experiences, life experience alone is like this. It's like a South Alabama team playing Alabama. Yeah, they both have players and they both play football. Uh, Most of them have faced some adversity. But here's the difference. South Alabama players haven't overcome that adversity. So when they feel a little bit of pressure. They tend to buckle. You know, when things get a little too tight, 
or too difficult. They don't know how to over- overcome that because they've never had someone teach them and had the knowledge to to help them progress and move forward. So they're basically in a no-win situation when you just live off of life experiences alone, when you depend on that alone. There's a little more to that. So without the knowledge and the great coaching and the resources, you're not going to win this. So we have to find a way to mix all three. So far, we've been kind of like the Oregon Ducks, just scooting by on common sense. So far, we've been kind of like, in regards to education now, we've been kind of like just focused on academic. You know what? This person's good enough. This student's good enough. They're going to make it through. But now we're getting to the point where we have to mix all three. We have to take into account these life experiences and teach how to overcome those experiences, how to face a little bit of adversity and get through it. Make people aware that adversity is good. It's good. It's good to be tested. That's how you know what you really got. That's how you get stronger. That's how you get wiser, especially when you have a team behind you that's supporting you, that won't let you plummet too far. So think about it like this. In football, isn't the ultimate goal to win a championship? Yes. I've never been a part, even if I knew our team was bad, even if the coach knew our team was bad, I never heard a coach talk about, hey, guys, uh, we're going to go into this year, and I hope that we win just two games. I've never had a coach do that. A coach always talks about winning it all. So why don't we have the same philosophy and the same attitude with education? Let's take all of our resources. Let's combine our life experiences and the academics and the common sense and put it all together. All three phases of education and let's win this all. But like I said, there is another factor that is needed to win it all. And we will touch on that. This will be part one. We will touch on that. But to give you a snippet of what's, what is needed, we have to include those within our communities. See, there's a misconception of, of community. You hear people talk about it all the time. You hear people say community and throwing it out there because it sounds pretty. It sounds like everybody's in it together. But then sometimes there's some people that really aren't feeling it. They just say it because it's something that people can rally around, but they don't live it and they don't believe in it. And that's a shame. That's a shame. So to get this started, before I end this, this is part one. This is going to be a two-parter because it's going to get deeper. All right. So people always talk about it, a community, when they discuss education. And they do go hand in hand, like peanut butter and jelly. 
I love peanut butter and jelly. I still eat peanut butter and jelly. I probably eat like two of them a day. They just never have gotten old. That was never a food that I was like, oh, I'm so sick of it. I'm, I never get sick of it. However, people talk about community, but they aren't about it. You know, sometimes I say, don't talk about it, be about it. Stop talking about it. Be about it. Do it. And I think this is a part of the breakdown in education, uh, the sense of community, you know, acting on it and living it. That's not happening enough. So with that being said, we will end this session and dip right into part two of this. I thank you guys, as always, for being with me. I thank you for tuning in. Remember, we are in the business of healing and not hurting. We have to be the fresh water that heals in every encounter that we have. I thank you for your time and your patience. Until we meet again, my friends. <laughs>